Rataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where they have shiny red Toro snowblowers on the floor, uh, bring you brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 741, November 24th, 2021. It was 60 degrees on this day as recently as 2017. Oh, boy. And 10 below in 1893. And just for fun, yesterday, if, if Thanksgiving was on November 25th in 1914, it was 62 degrees. And if Friday, November 26th, was the day after Thanksgiving in 1914, it was also 62 degrees. And on this day in 1977, 16 below. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No snow, huh? Wow. Any ice on? I find from these. The mayor's office, I'm dizzy the now. These are comforting the to me. Nothing's Spring changed. Night. It's Garage Logic. With rookie on production. Even though the Chris climate Reavers, changes, right? Gas prices have changed. <laughs> Speaking of ice, I'd like to address that shop. right off the Here bat. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. I looked it up. You know how ludicrous this phony maneuver is to relieve yep. 50 million barrels of... Uh, Oil from the federal, from the uh, reserves. Reserves. It's meaningless. Right. You know what the U.S. uses per day? Well, we all do, but unfortunately, the uh, Secretary of Energy does not know how much. <laughs> Grand, Granholm does not know. Uh, in 2020, the U.S. consumed an average of 18.19 million barrels of petroleum a day. 50 million barrels will not supply us for three days. Correct. That's 54 days. Mm-hmm. So we have four. This is a, an obscene optic brought to you by uh, what? People uh, that left. are in way over their head. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that, you know, there's the, the list of products requiring petroleum is endless. Well, and this will be, did I read correctly, the fourth time? In, in history, that but this, this isn't a national emergency. This is an emergency of the failure of leadership. That doesn't really shouldn't count. You know, war should count. Pestilence and famine should count. <laughs> Hurricane Katrina, right? Wasn't Hurricane could count, but but not the incompetent work of a lifelong career senator who's now acting as president. This is ridiculous. Leave the reserves alone. We this won't cover four days. Right. I think that would be referred to as a drop in the bucket. In fact, that was 2020. We're up to 20 million barrels of oil Americans use a day. Kenny, what did you say about the gas prices in Beverly Hills? Oh, it's in today's op-ed section, a uh, piece from uh, Steve Chapman of the Chicago Tribune. They run a photo, a uh, regular 87 octane 599 Ooh. plus is 629 premium 649. That's 91 octane. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's probably why Nancy Pelosi is moving to Florida, because she can't take <laughs> the prices in California. And, and Joe, th- this guy blaming uh, oil execs uh, as price gougers. No. What, what the hell is he talking about? Well, he's, he's, he's obfuscating. How's that? He's obfuscating. Well, who's buying this BS? Well, we aren't, and that's why it got necessary to point out right at the top. Don't tell him. He he and his wife, uh, I don't know how many family members, they flew to Nantucket for uh, Thanksgiving. They're going to stay at the home of some billionaire. I don't know, which is fine. 
But don't lecture me. Don't tell me about gas prices. Don't tell me to put bare grocery store shelves in perspective. Don't tell me anything. You don't. You have no earned any credibility to lecture me about anything. But and, and I'm fine with going to. Nant- I wish I was in Nantucket for Thanksgiving. Sure, that'd be that's fun. great. But I'm not going to lecture anybody or turn my nose up and say, "Well, just get used to this." No, I don't want to get used to it. Nor, yeah, we shouldn't have to get used to this. People are really going to be stretched to buy gas to get to Grandma's house. There's no need for this. This is being done by design, right? Because they thought, well, this will deter people from driving. Is that is that their oh motive? Oh, come on, really? No, no I don't I, know. I, I don't what 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 could possibly be the reason? The reason is that they're hell bent. Well, the reason is Biden took office promising to be a centrist, and he immediately slid to the left, and the left is disabusing you of the internal combustion engine. Boom. Ba-dum, boom, to try boom, to, boom, to, boom. To try to get you out of it completely. Mm-hmm. Rely on mass pr- transportation. You got that moron AOC saying we shouldn't have line three? You know. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just crazy. I love the analogy that Steve <laughs> Chapman makes. Saying that gas prices have gone up because oil companies are colluding is like saying that home prices have gone up because real estate agents decided they want to make more money, right. <laughs> right. which is absurd. That's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The judge who has helped us out understanding sentencing guidelines mm-hmm. in the past, a uh, Minneapolis judge whose name I'll continue to to withhold, but she has a very instructive material today. Uh, Joe, I heard the show yesterday about the cash bail system. That was an excellent explanation of the issue. I want to draw your attention to two additional aspects of the current push for criminal justice reform. First, as to cash bail reform, look up the stories about the Minnesota Freedom Fund. That's the organization that collected millions of dollars Mm -hmm. during the George Floyd riots purportedly to bail out protesters. Vice President Kamala Harris donated and encouraged others to do so. The Freedom Fund ended up using the money to post huge bail for violent offenders who committed more crimes after their release. Others failed to appear for their court hearings. When the Minnesota Freedom Fund was initially criticized for posting bail for violent offenders and the resulting consequences to public safety, its response was that no one should be held on bail and that it made a point of not looking at the charges or the offender's record when deciding who to bail out. Minnesota Freedom Fund leadership has changed at least twice since the riots, and I think current leadership is more responsible. But the initial stories demonstrate how dangerous cash bail reform can be. Second, there is another significant aspect of the criminal justice reform agenda that cannot be ignored, ending mass incarceration. Stories about violent crimes committed by people who are on probation or or who have pending charges are all too common. Yet there is a current push in Minnesota to put more people on probation instead of in prison and to lower the length of prison terms for those who are sent to prison. Time out. Tuesday, Jonah Paul Kenny was sentenced to 145 days at the Hennepin County Workhouse, which he has already served, and five years of supervised probation. According to the criminal complaint, on Wednesday, May 26, at about 11.05 p.m., Brooklyn Park Police received a report that a six-year-old was sexually assaulted. The victim's mother told officers that the child was with family members at Willowstone Park, When the victim came home, he said that someone took off his clothes and touched the private areas of his underside. Witnesses identified Canny as the suspect. 
he ain't going to jail. Oh, no, he's only getting probation. Back to the judge. As you pointed out, yeah, no, uh, uh, probation instead of, uh, okay. Kenny is absolutely right. We are not on the road to these reforms. We have arrived. Kenny is also right. The reforms have been put in place without objection, likely because people would not think that a majority supports them. Admittedly, when one hears stories about violent crimes committed by people who are on probation with long records, it is tempting to think that those occurrences are exceptions. They are not exceptions. And one should reasonably wonder if those crimes are the result of criminal justice reforms that have been put in place over the last several years. But as you pointed out yesterday, the people who are pushing these policies are well aware of the tragic results, and they do not seem to care. The policy change seems to be more important than the tragic consequences. As you pointed out yesterday, the people who commit these crimes are not concerned about consequences or being held accountable. Ironically, that is the justification for reducing sentences. I serve on the Sentencing Guidelines Commission. A majority of that commission is attempting to reduce presumptive prison sentences. These are prison sentences. These are the justifications. Prison sentences disproportionately impact minority communities. Prison sentences do not deter crime and should send fewer people to prison for a shorter period of time. The majority further argues that if we reduce the prison population, then we can divert prison dollars to community programs that will rehabilitate offenders and reduce crime. In sum, the message to offenders is that because of the threat of a prison sentence is not going to deter crime, we are not going to send you to prison. Do you see the problem here? Fortunately, the public has an easy opportunity to block such reforms. For as long as the sentencing guidelines have been in existence, they have been based on this fundamental principle. A person who commits a new felony while on probation or parole for a previous felony is more blameworthy and should receive a harsher consequence. At the November Commission meeting, a majority voted to eliminate that principle. Doing so will reduce the presumptive sentence of nearly every felony offender who commits any new felony while on probation for a prior felony. Some people who would go to prison under the current guidelines will get probation instead. Those who do not get probation instead of prison will get less time. Ironically, those who commit the most serious offenses, including sex offenders, will get the biggest sentence reductions. Well, I just read you about this guy. Four of the commissioners voted against this proposal, the three judges on the commission and the prosecutor. But all of the other commissioners supported it, including the law enforcement member, and the commissioner of corrections. If the public opposes reducing presumptive sentences for repeat offenders, now is the time to speak up. The public meeting regarding this proposal is December 16th. A link to the public notice of the meeting is below. The public is invited to attend the meeting, including remotely, to provide comments at the meeting and to submit written comments. The link is meetings slash... Minnesota.gov. There we go. Good job. I hope you don't mind my input, she writes. It is great that you are encouraging public awareness and discussion regarding these issues. I wish I could do more to help, but as a judge, I am somewhat constrained. Well, thank you for weighing in. You're helpful. You've always been helpful. Um, by the way, yeah. uh, on that same vein, Jordy just sent us an email. Dateline, Milwaukee County. The Milwaukee County District's Attorney's Office refused to prosecute more than 60% of the felony charges police forwarded for the prosecution last year. 
prosecutors refused to pursue charges in more than 80% of misdemeanor filings in December of 2020 alone. Uh, these statistics stemmed from cases that were rejected after being filed, which means the total number of cases Milwaukee County District Attorney John Chisholm's office refused to file is even higher. The number of uh, drop cases referred to as no-process cases was up approximately 10% overall in 2020 versus 2019. The Milwaukee Police Association President Dale Borman said the number of cases Chisholm's office is refusing to prosecute has become ridiculously high. It decreases the officers' and detectives' morale. Borman noted back in April, when people are not charged after doing a crime, they go out there and continue to do the crime. It brings down the city as a whole. How about this for a scenario? The judge who set $5 million cash bail, and you'd have to show up with all $5 million, he also had the option to say, this crime is so heinous that there will be no bail. You're here. You don't have a chance for bail. I don't understand why he didn't say that. Because here's the scenario. I can think of an 87, 88-year-old billionaire to (laughs) whom $5 million is nothing. Right. To nothing. It's pocket change to George Soros. It's it's it, it it's pocket change to many people who would like to further exacerbate the chaos that is happening in this country. Can you imagine the oh. the unrest bailing this creep out? I'm not suggesting that's going to happen, but it could because there there's a bail to meet. He just as easily could have said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no. not this time, pal. No bail whatsoever. No bail. Yeah, no exactly. bail." Oh, don't even say that. Because you're right. The Gumption County deputy weighs in. Yesterday's show brought up a couple of topics I wanted to comment on. The statement by the Milwaukee District Attorney that someone's going to die because of this program was beyond irresponsible. It really is. Why does John Chisholm even hold office? He predicted that this program will result in someone dying. Did we look it up, by the way? Did anyone run against him? I'm sure they did. Let me look that up. People who make comments like this do so with such self-righteous smugness. The Minneapolis, the Milwaukee district attorney and his woke brethren seem to want to show their supporters they are sticking it to, sticking it to the man through their efforts to not require bail or, or even bother charging people for criminal behavior. What they do not seem to understand is that they are the man. District attorneys are the chief law enforcement officer in their respective jurisdictions. After a person is arrested, the district attorney's office is primarily responsible for everything going forward. They are the gatekeepers for deciding who gets charged and what they get charged with. Their job is to ensure criminals are kept off the streets and held accountable for bad actions. The district attorney has a moral obligation to the citizens they serve to do the right thing. To become a district attorney with an intent to undermine the criminal justice process and disregard the responsibility of their office is beyond me. However, Mm -hmm. that is obviously a thing, as we are seeing it occur all across the country, including here. Do you think the Milwaukee district attorney would have had such a flippant attitude if the person who died because of his policy was a member of his family? Oh, there you go. A number of years ago, I responded to a call regarding a nonviolent misdemeanor crime. The victim was a defense attorney. The minute I stepped out of my squad, this defense attorney was raging mad, yelling at me at the top of her lungs. The attorney was incensed the suspect had the audacity to do what he had done. She wanted me to bring every resource my department had to track the suspect down and arrest him immediately. She carried on as if she was the first victim of a crime ever. 
The attorney must have thought it was my first day on the job, and she listed all the charges I needed to write down and include in my report. The next day, she called our office, demanding to know the progress of the case. Mind you, this was a nonviolent crime, and she was never in any danger. I could not help but wonder if this exact same crime occurred only with a different victim, just how outraged and put out would this defense attorney have been if she were representing the exact same suspect in court for this case. No doubt the defense attorney would have been challenged, would have been challenging the victim's version of events. The suspect would have been portrayed as an innocent victim of society and an overzealous prosecution. She certainly would have asked for the most lenient sentence if the suspect was found guilty. However, when the shoe was literally on the other foot and this defense attorney was the victim, she wanted the perpetrator held accountable to maximum extent possible. The Pichu read that inadequate efforts on the part of local law enforcement to keep checks on individuals such as Brooks were somehow responsible for what occurred in Wisconsin certainly gave me a hold up, wait a minute, something Something ain't ain't right right moment. This is coming from the same people who accuse the police of racism anytime they have contact with a person of color. These are the same people who do not want the police to respond to 911 calls in minority neighborhoods. These are the same people who view any arrest as furthering white supremacy. These are the same people who want to defund police departments and get rid of them altogether. Yet the police are supposed to keep track of criminals in some manner that they would approve of? If any police presence is offensive to them, I want to know exactly what efforts they would find acceptable. Hope you and everyone else on the show has a good and safe Thanksgiving. Signed, the Gumption County Deputy. Thank you, sir. Uh, the results of the 2020 election, John Chisholm received 97.7% of the vote with 336,608 votes. He ran unopposed. Wow. Wow. Huh. And his term now goes to 2025. Well, I think it's unconscionable that he holds office when he literally admitted that his ideology will result in danger to the public. But no one ran against him. And no one's challenging that statement from 2007. And I believe in the primary, he also ran unopposed. Man, we're poorly led. He, we he, are did, poorly have led. A, he did have an opponent in 2016, but he beat her by a two-to-one margin. So... No, no contest there either. Well, it's another case of people are just voting. Oh, there's a D next to his name. Okay, check. You know. What? This guy shouldn't have five million dollars bail. There should be no bail. No, nope. no bail. Yep. No bail. And imagine being one of the f- family members of one of these victims, and if he does, there's a sixth. Dead now. Right, the, a child. another yeah. child died. Yeah. But imagine being a family member, and this guy does post bail. What What is your reaction? I mean, I, I can't even fathom that. Oh, Joe, <laughs> I didn't do that, did I? No, it's okay. They'll take that, won't they? Mickey? Joe, I had a strange dream, then woke up with the meat sweats. Oops. <laughs> I dreamt that a protest rally was held in the field across the highway from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, just north of Hugo on Highway 61. It was nothing less than a tailgating extravaganza with burgers, brats, and all that Spencer has to offer. Nothing but grills and happy GLers as far as the eye could see. Everyone brought blank signs and Sharpies, but no signs were drawn until there's an issue. Then and only then could the... We, then and only then could you parade through the masses with your sign. Notice, Reavers is here and town, town Ball meatloafs are gone, waving proudly that we're making Spencer's nightmare come true. 
That's Spencer Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats. People are dreaming about it. I'm firing one up for dinner tonight. They have turkeys, too. Don't forget the turkeys. you got today and tomorrow to get in there and get fresh turkeys and everything else that will make Thanksgiving an absolute splendiferous occasion uh, from Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats, the original location just north of Hugo on Highway 61 and the newest location on Highway 97 in Forest Lake. That's just east of Interstate 35E. Fresh turkeys right now in stock at Grunhofer's. Hey, GLers, if you're looking to improve the water quality in your home, then trust my friends at Hofferman Water. They are your local independent water treatment dealer, and they've been serving Minnesotans for nearly 50 years, and they understand the unique problems that Minnesota water brings. They are also an independent and authorized Connecticut dealer, so whether you're looking to soften, filter, or you just want your water to taste better, they will help make your water worry-free. I'm a prime example. I went with the Connecticut system a couple of years ago. I have the S. 650 system inside my home it made an absolute world of difference it improved everything your 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 dishes your your laundry your showers everything inside your home gets better with Connecticut and my friends at Hofferman Water if you already have a water treatment system in your home well they can help you with service and repairs they specialize in Connecticut products but service many other major brands too they can also help with salt delivery filter changes parts repairs and more give them a shout today you can call them at 612-895-2440 for a free water analysis and estimate, or just check them out online at HoffermanWater.com, and please let them know that Garage Logic sent you. This next song is about Kenny Olsen. If he's here, jump up and down. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. We're going to listen to this whole song. <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Is there a date on this, Reavers? Uh, 92, I might guess. September. Hold on, because it flashes on here. September 20th, 1992, sir. Good call. Good memory. Day after being fired from, I don't know which radio station it was. Excuse well, me, September could, 5th. September that could happen 5th. again. So. Uh, Big Backyard. Uh, I think it was Big Backyard in the Magnolias at the Caboose. Say, uh, we gave Schoonover, Mike Schoonover, the day off so he can get that bird ready for tomorrow. He's, of course... The team leader, uh, leader, the owner of Schoonover Body Works and Glass. They're on County E and Lexington in Shoreview. Actually, he's the third generation owner, and uh, he's not an absentee guy. You can usually find him in the shop, in the office. He's bugging Nikki, asking her where everything is, bending Noah's ear with uh, jokes that really aren't that funny, but Noah has to laugh because Mike is the boss. Uh, and most importantly, what Mike does, and we love him for this, he picks up, he delivers the vehicles, and he deals with us, the frustrated public. And even better, he deals with our insurance companies. This is what's awesome. I've had my truck in there a number of times, so has my son, and we never even talk to our insurance company. Schoonover does all that. He goes to bat for us. He gets us the best prices, the best replacement parts. And that's why we choose Schoonover Body Works in Glass. When when you do that, you're choosing one of the best highly repair uh, re, uh, hello highly rated repair shops here in the Twin Cities. And we could list all the millions of reasons why why they're uh, consistently rated as uh, one of the uh, number one shops. But let's face it, it's the team. It's Mike. It's the guys. It's the gals. It's everybody that works there. Those body repairs they do for you guaranteed for as long as you own the vehicle. 
They've been in business for 80 years, and they have the greatest team in town, schoonoverbodyworks.com. We are being instructed by so-called experts to not use the term looting to, oh. to, ah. to describe the large-scale California thefts because that term is racist. It's, oh, it is. I didn't know that. We're not supposed to use the term. Oh, we got to add that oh, to what, the list. What, what, in fact, should we be using? According to the local ABC affiliate for the Bay Area, the California Penal Code didn't allow for the use of the term looting to describe the thefts involving large groups of people because it claimed the definition did not match the act as defined by law. It also cited two individuals it referred to as experts who described the term as being reminiscent of black people and people of color being associated with the act of looting. According to the California Penal Code, what we saw was not looting. It wrote, the Penal Code defines looting as theft or burglary during a state of emergency, local emergency, evacuation order resulting from earthquake, fire, flood, riot, or other natural or man-made disaster. The affiliate cited Lorenzo Boyd, a professor of criminal justice and community policing at the University of New Haven and a retired veteran police officer who described the term through a racial lens. Looting is a term that we typically use when people of color or urban dwellers are doing something. We tend not to use that term for other people when they are doing the exact same thing, he told the affiliate. We don't? B well, as in B, uh, yeah, no, S as in S. You know what? I'm going to take it a step further than that. what you just – he's racist. Mm-hmm. He's a racist pig, mm-hmm. and it just came out in that statement. He just basically says, oh, my God. Unbelievable. Well, he's saying if they're if they're taking goods during a state of emergency, then it's looting. But if they're just doing it for the hell of it, I guess it's not looting. But he's assuming that only black people loot. Oh yeah. Well, everybody loots. White people loot. Yeah, all people loot. The affiliate pointed loot. out that That's they did a funny not. Word. The affiliate pointed out that they did not yet know the identities and races of the perpetrators of the recent wave of thefts before noting that they occurred following last Friday's acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse. It then cited Martin Reynolds, a co-executive director of the Robert C. Maynard Institute of Journalism Education, who was reminded of black residents in New Orleans who were described as looters for committing crimes of survival following Hurricane Katrina in 05 when they stole water, food, and other supplies prior to receiving aid from the government. This seems to be, uh, this seems like it's an organized smash-and-grab robbery. This doesn't seem like looting. We're thinking of scenarios where first responders are completely overwhelmed and the folks may be on their own, Reynolds said. You people, go away. Just go away, you idiots. <laughs> but they're not going away. It's almost like they're gremlins. This this nonsense keeps multiplying. This is looting. Now, in hope I can link this to something. And I should have known better. I, I, I check CNN every day because I'm a reasonable soul. If I'm going to check Fox, I check CNN. Ugh. And I find it useless. Uh, but I did see a piece today called Why Some U.S. Cities Are Facing a Spree of smash-and-grab crimes. Okay. And I thought, well, good, maybe I'm going to learn something here. Uh, The thefts followed a rash of similar incidents over the weekend in San Francisco. A group of thieves swarmed the Southland Mall in, can we call them thieves? Uh, Swarmed the Southland Mall in Hayward on Sunday, wielding hammers to smash cases at a jewelry store before grabbing items and fleeing. Uh, three suspects were arrested Saturday night after a mob ransacked a Nordstrom's department store in Walnut Creek. 
Some 80 suspects were involved, and they fled the outdoor mall in 10 different vehicles. Excuse me, I had a Roycey-like gas attack. That robbery came after similar raids Friday night near San Francisco's Union Square, where thieves targeted Louis Vuitton, Burberry, and Bloomingdale stores, a Walgreens, and a cannabis dispensary. So, and here we get to the paragraph. So why so many recent incidents? And I'm thinking, well, could somebody give me the truth here? It's because, because these are feral youth who face no consequences for criminal behavior. Right. Well, what we get here is, so why so many, uh, this is by Faith Karimi of CNN. So why so many recent incidents? Are they linked to the holiday season? Is it pandemic <laughs> restlessness? Dear God. <laughs> oh, my word. This has nothing to do with the pandemic, oh. said Pete Eliadis, a former law enforcement official and founder of a security company, Intelligence Consulting Partners. The pandemic is overused at this point. Mm-hmm. But security products, I'm sorry, security experts cited a mix of several other factors. San Francisco has seen a surge in crime since it reopened in the pandemic. In the Central District, for example, larceny and theft incidents are up 88% from a year earlier. <laughs> and overall crime is up 52%, according to police. 88% wow. from wow. a year ago? Wow. Ma- many of the stores, many of the store thieves wear masks or hoods, making them difficult to identify even when they're spotted on security cameras. Police in L.A. and San Francisco have made some arrests, but thieves often face few consequences, Eliadis said. One reason for this is law enforcement's lack of resources, which means theft cases sometimes are put on the back burner. And he said the defund the police involvement has sapped some of the officers' morale. There's no political will to prosecute the people in this climate. Why should a police officer waste time getting into an altercation when the person is not going to jail because it's overcrowded and a prosecutor is not going to prosecute that case because it's not high on the priority list? There was a uh, video I saw from the state of California. I don't know if it was San Francisco or not, but it said keep it, and it was showing 30 people going into this. Mm -hmm. It was like a footlocker stealing stuff left and right, and it said keep in mind you have to wear a mask if you want to bring your family in here to try on shoes, but Mm -hmm. not these guys. Right. <laughs> don't they only display one shoe? I don't, don't know. Don't you have to go in back to get the other shoe? I think shoe? this was after hours, though, because it looked like it was dark out. The decriminalization of low-level offenses in some states has created opportunities for criminals to manipulate the system, said Linda Buell, president of Ohio-based security consulting firm SRMC. For example, Proposition 47, a California ballot initiative passed in 2014, sought to alleviate prison overcrowding by reducing the penalties for some crimes. The measure raised the threshold for felony theft from 500 bucks to 950 bucks. For the low-level criminal, the benefit far outweighs the risk. Once the, uh, since the threshold for a misdemeanor offense is now 950 bucks, meaning that person can steal up to that amount and only be charged with a misdemeanor. Wow. Organized crime rings are often behind these types of smash and grab operations and pay low-level criminals to steal for them. There is no political will to get tough on crime. Nope. There is no political will. There's no political will on the part of John Chisholm in Milwaukee. There's no political will on the part of John Choi in St. Paul. There's no political will the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings because whether they know it or not, these people are complicit in bringing about the mystery, which is the creation of a completely different country than one we are accustomed to. Meanwhile, 
uh, the state of California is cracking down, Joe. Oh, I good. think you're not. I don't think you're being. Have fair. I been unfair? Well, they have issued this morning. They issued their Thanksgiving guidelines oh, in the state of California. Um, <laughs> so the California Department of Public Health says that um, no more than three households present at the same time. Uh, parties are no uh, can be no longer than two hours. Oh. All guests must stay outside, and you also have to avoid singing, chanting, and shouting. Well, you know what the mayor, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's the mayor of San Francisco? Oh, yeah, the one she that went to the Belle Biv DeVoe concert. London, London uh, Bird. London. There we go. Yeah. London yeah. Bird. London. London. Is it Bird? It's I'll, look it up. I'll look it up. London somebody. You yeah. know what her response to the smashing grabs was? London Breed. London Breed. London breed Reduce yeah. the hours that consumers can actually get to that store and, well, then, sure. and then arrange different parking situations. There you go. <laughs> wow. What a psycho. That's that. That's the mayor's response to this. Sure. You finally, though, for me anyway, just discovered the real reason for these smash and grabs and these big crowds coming in, and you ripped right past it. It's organized crime hiring mm-hmm. these people. Now that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. That- yeah, you know, it's like hiring people to peddle your weed or your blow or whatever. You do you crack. Get, do you get PTO for that? You think? Organized crime? In Illinois, Attorney General Kwame Raoul said in September that crime rings are causing retailers across the country an estimated $45 billion in annual losses. He has created a task force to crack down on organized crime rings that target stores. These brazen, violent crimes are committed by sophisticated criminal organizations that are involved in drug trafficking, human trafficking, and other serious crimes, Raoul said. Once items are stolen, there are several ways to sell them, an extremely easy Uh, and with little regulation and monitoring from law enforcement. Most items grabbed in such cases have no serial numbers, making tracing them almost impossible. So there you have it, folks. So eBay, Craigslist, Facebook Market. It says right here, it's incredibly easy to sell stolen merchandise online through e-commerce platforms, Buell said. E-commerce has really taken off as the place to sell stolen goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even have to go on Craigslist or eBay. They can use the flea markets, pawn shops, street vendors. Thieves can sell expensive items at slash prices, meaning there's no shortage of buyers. The result is a ruthless cycle that affects everyone. Well, Best Buy is experiencing this, by the way. Back to Kamala Harris. Do we have to? Vice President Kamala Harris, in the wake of the Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty verdict, said the nation's criminal justice system is flawed and that she's been fighting the majority of my career to make it more equitable. A clarion call to belie some of her past positions on the issue as a California prosecutor. She She was a proponent of bail reform. And as we noted earlier in the judge's letter, she was among those who contributed to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Yeah, and encouraged others to. Yeah, yeah. Now that she's vice president, she's changing her tune. But she said excessive bail disproportionately harms people from low-income communities and communities of color. Oh, this was back before she was vice president. And now she's changing her, her song. Yeah, whatever. We are poorly served, ladies and gentlemen. I'll say, Joe. We are poorly served by a political machinery that seems to thrive on this unseemly injustice, and they don't seem to care that they're placing others at risk. They don't seem to care. Nope, their ideology means way more. your college-age kid who comes home from 
Thanksgiving tonight and might go to a bar with his or her friends. They don't care that there could be three or four felons in there with guns. Ready they to don't shoot care. each other. They don't care. Yep. We are not headed down the road to insanity. We uh, have arrived. We arrived a long time ago. This used to be my favorite night of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. When the kids came home from school. They didn't stay at home. I was going to say, how long were they there? Well, five or ten minutes, but they, <laughs> you got to say hi to them. We're going you know. to Plums, Dad. We'll yeah, see that's you later. Like, that's probably where they went. <laughs> used, to, used to be my favorite night to play with a band yeah. also yeah. in a bar. Oh, just a blast. You haven't hit that age yet, Reeves. When these two monkeys come back from school, it's just a hell yeah, of a good night. I bet. It's it just will. a hell of a good night. Well, I, it wasn't that long ago. It was me that was coming home for right, Thanksgiving. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I got a call hey, today. Um, oh, yes, sorry. go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I know it's we don't say breaking news, uh, oh, but the, yeah. uh, the the trial, the Arbery trial, yeah, uh, the fellow's basically been found guilty on all counts. I would I would have imagined so. All three of them. I don't Johnny? see I don't see how it could happen. I don't either. Other way, uh, we don't all so far. All we have are the McMichaels, the two. Okay. We don't have the third fellow yet, but uh, the McMichaels are guilty pretty much on all counts. Good, good. You know how many times I've gone onto a construction site and looked at a house under construction? I just did it a week ago. Yeah. I've done it routinely mm-hmm. over the years. Nobody hunted me standing up in the back of a pickup truck. Right. I got a call today from a fellow who wanted some advice. Where can I take my Yamaha Vino scooter to get fixed? And I said, are you Does kidding? Does he listen to the show? Are you listening to the show? <laughs> I said, you call Tim Bloom at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. He'll pick your scooter up. Was it Rookie? No. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say who it was. No, don't, don't, don't indict that person. Do it. My son-in-law. I said they're a sponsor of ours, you moron. <laughs> Not only will they pick it up and fix it, they'll store it for you for the winter. Did he also ask what time are you guys on? Oh, God. <laughs> Honest to God, I thought we were, I was getting somewhere with the audience, but if you lose your own kid, you know, you're... You know. <laughs> That's EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. They'll store your e-bike. They'll store your scooter. They'll winterize it, battery tend it, have it ready for you the next next spring when the riding season begins anew. Full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment, uh, helmets, apparel, great service, great people. And take advantage of that offer that Tim swings his big truck through town. And he'll pick up your ride and get it out to EcoFun, take care of it for the winter, and you'll be good to go next spring. That's EcoFun Motorsports. It's right on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following, maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy? Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health, and that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone, 
testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic, and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health, and they can be your doctor for all your health needs, and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com, and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in Egan. And please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. And you got something? Jesus. Yep. <laughs> Truth, justice, and like the It's like a rooster that doesn't have any choice. It just has to crow. <laughs> just I don't know why uh, why I'm crowing, but I'm crowing. Uh, at four in the afternoon. But uh, he's He's a goofy old fart, but when it comes to sea foam, he is—he—he's uh, right on the money. He knows his stuff, and a lot of us have taken the advice of good old Joe, the fireworks commissioner, and we just dump in a couple of gulps of every gas can we fill up on the property. And uh, I've taken it a step further. Two things I have within reach all the time: uh, dental floss. And sea foam. <laughs> it's everywhere. Seriously. Garage, shop, truck. Uh, I even have a bunch in the office here. It's uh, some good stuff to keep around. I know a lot of you GLers are like us. You use a wide variety of cylinders, ATVs, side-by-side, sleds, bikes, outboards. Oh, chainsaws. I could go on and on. You run them hard, you put them away wet, and you never worry about them because... It's those gulps of sea foam that keeps everything running awesome. Uh, for me, I love the high mileage motor treatment. I'll I'll go as far as to dump in a whole can of that every few tanks. Uh, same with the uh, roommate's uh, generic crossover crap can. That's got over 150k on it. She tosses in a can about once a month. Keeps everything happy. A wide variety of seafoam products are available to keep us, our vehicles, and our cylinders happy. It truly is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Seafoam. Joe, on Wednesday's pot, uh, emailers are really, listeners are really keenly interested in what's happening to us. And, uh, and how what's happening to us is exacerbated by what happens in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Joe on Wednesday's podcast, while discussing lax incarceration standards leading to the mass murder in Wisconsin, you posed the question, is this what people want? No, I think Kenny posed that question. The consensus from the boys was no, and for the most part, I concur with a couple of caveats. First, as you're well aware, it may not be what people want, but what they don't seem to understand is that this is what they inevitably get. The thing that drives me craziest about euphorians is that they almost invariably support policies that exacerbate the very problems they're tasked with solving. Mm -hmm. And similar to criminals who suffer zero repercussions for their misdeeds, they're never called to account. Witness our local mayors who shamelessly oversaw the rapid decline of two once great cities, yet recently received voter endorsements to continue. This may seem unrelated, but think about the liberation of concentration camps at the end of World War II. Mm -hmm. Allied troops were so horrified by what they found that they gathered nearby townsfolk and made them visit the camps to see what their complicity had wrought. You mentioned the Wisconsin official who matter-of-factly said that someone would eventually be killed due to the policies he's endorsed. 
I would like nothing more than for him to be marched to the morgue and or the ICU and be forced to look at the bodies of his victims. And deal with their families. Yes, yes, this is John Chisholm. Perhaps the disfigured bodies of multiple kids whose only offense was celebrating an innocent childhood moment would make this more than a policy to him. The other caveat I'd like to offer is that, unfortunately, I believe there are those among us who do want this. Recall the disgusting Democratic operative who tweeted that the mass murder was karma for Kyle Rittenhouse. Even as first responders tended to victims in the street, she loved it, every second of it. If you'll excuse another war comparison... In a conventional war, soldiers can differentiate opposing sides by uniforms, insignias, and equipment. During the war on terror, terror, what made al-Qaeda so insidious was that the enemy didn't wear uniforms. An able-bodied man, child, or burqa-clad woman were just as likely as a trained soldier to be packing a bomb and could take out a city block. So as much as I detest Daryl Brooks, Joe, at least he wears the uniform. I know what to expect when I see Daryl Brooks, and I can prepare myself accordingly. I'm more concerned about people like the karma woman. They live next door. They hold office. They are gatekeepers. They made Daryl Brooks possible and will continue full steam ahead until we stop them. Good luck and happy Thanksgiving, Tom from St. Paul. Boy, what a great letter. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? That prosecutor, um, going back to what he said, should go to the morgue, should visit the families. The problem is he answers to nobody. He yep. ran unopposed. He got, what did you say, Chris, over 90% of the vote? 97.7%. He answers to nobody. There's nobody to grab him by the scruff of the neck like uh, our soldiers did to the uh, townspeople in World War II and say, look what on, you have brought. Come on, I want to show brought. you something. I want to show look, you people something. No, no, it's yeah. come on, you sons of bitches. Yeah. You're going to see what you have wrought. Yeah. And there's nobody to do that to that guy. Guarantee you he doesn't go to the morgue or talk to those families. How, how far would a father of a dead child from the Christmas parade, how far would he get literally trying to get in to see this creep? No, he wouldn't no. get past the front door. Yeah. No. And, 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 and... Is that our only answer, by the way? I I thought about that this morning. I'm suggesting this. I'm suggesting this. I'm not suggesting he should get in there and be violent with the district attorney. I'm suggesting he would. It would be really interesting for him to have an audience with this foul human being and say, "I'd like you to come to the morgue with me. I'd like you to see my child. I'd like you to see my child." But the thought after I read a lot of this, and then also the the case of the of the 18 year old with the six year old. Is that what it's going to come to in this country, is vigilante justice? Because I think that that's where we're heading. Yes. I really do. Can you imagine any one of us having our child be at that Christmas party? I would have went insane. Knowing knowing the facts of the case, I would have went insane. I've almost been to the point where uh, I recommend it. (laughs) Because that's where we're heading. Well, the people in Waukesha were unaware that Daryl Brooks was in their midst. They were unaware that... He had repeatedly been turned loose. They were unaware that he was... That didn't make the newspapers on November 5th when he got out on a $1,000 bail after trying to run over his woman. They oh. didn't, now they know it, and they're outraged. Nobody reports this. TV stations don't report it. They're reporting holiday travel. Newspapers don't report it. Well, nobody's got court reporters anymore. When I first started, I had to go every day to City Hall and the court and look at the, the sheets Pioneer of paper. The Pioneer Press had a courthouse bureau. Exactly, yeah. And, and a city council exist. bureau. Yeah, doesn't exist now. We're down to about 10 people. 
Where are you? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, Reavers. Yep. Uh, as, well, as we're not advocating that. No, we're not. That is not an official position of this show. Of Damn hard not. not to. Well, of course not. it's not. But, Joe, but, I think that that's the, the sad reality of the situation. People are frustrated because no one listens to the average everyday American anymore. The entire country has turned into hell on wheels. And if you under if you don't understand that reference, that's the town that followed the railroad as they built <laughs> bu- built it across the United States. The most corrupt, evil um, group of individuals you'll ever meet, and that's how they ruled hell on wheels. These Blazing little communities. Um, it, it was it was vigilante justice. Yeah. It was the only way they could control crime. Damn but, near, but if, but, we damn near uh, lost a good push cart there. What if both sides do that? Then I mean, then you got your civil war. Right. I mean, because the, if you think vigilante justice is good for one side, the other side's going to think. Yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. The other I, side certainly would go. See, hey. you know what? I'm seeing that play out yeah. on Twitter, where uh, the one side is saying, "Okay, Rittenhouse can get away with this. It's time for us to arm ourselves and yeah. shoot first. Well, let's. So, this is this is. So that's where we're headed. How would vigilante justice have weighed in the Daryl Brooks situation? You're there right. was nobody going to be at the Christmas parade with a rifle anticipating the arrival of Daryl no, Brooks. No, but they might react to to that situation. They're reacting, believe me. They're reacting. But they're in Waukesha County. They can't even vote against John Chisholm. That's right. Yeah. John Chisholm is Milwaukee County. We should reiterate. In, I thought about this yesterday, and you brought it up. Right away at the start of the program, he there bail. He could be bailed. Yes, he could be bailed. There's I thought a bail about, to meet five uh, million, which I'm is driving, nothing to somebody who wants to cause trouble. I'm driving around yesterday thinking about this, thinking you know. Well, I was thinking exactly what you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. They set the bail high, but there shouldn't be a bail. No, no, he killed six people. He killed six people. There shouldn't be any bail at all. Throw away the key until the trial. And then parade him in there shackled. He was being comforted yesterday by his defense attorney. Did you see that? Uh, Yes. Brooks, she puts his arm around him and rubs his back a little bit to console him as as he's sobbing or something. Well, did you, and do you know why? I don't. They they announced the death of the 16-year-old? Yeah. And that's when... She consoled him. Well, guess what? He caused it. Why are you consoling right. him? Right. He killed the 16-year-old. Six-year-old. Eight-year-old. Sorry. Uh, so maybe she's consoling him because uh, the charges will increase. I, I, there's, I don't know. One more murder, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, he's now charging six counts. Yeah. yeah. It'll go up with each person. Uh, he's got to spend the rest of his life in jail. And I'm reasonably confident he will. But it, look how long it took for him to suffer a consequence. Mm-hmm. Who does this prosecutor answer to? Answer to? Nobody. The Nobody. voters who who last Nobody. time gave ninety eight percent of the votes. That's, that's all I wanted to hear. Nobody. Yep. And as it was pointed out in earlier emails, they're they're abdicating. Is that the word? They're abdicating their duty. Their duty is to you and me. Right. Their no, duty no. isn't to the criminal. Right. Their obligation isn't to the criminal. It's the taxpayer. They need the moral and ethical clarity on behalf of me and innocent people who are going to go to a bar tonight and don't want to get shot by a felon who should be in jail. What happened to the day where these 
public prosecutors were the biggest pain in the ass in the courtroom mm -hmm. because they were always pushing for the longest sentence, the highest bail, the no parole. Let's come back with John. Hodge. Really quick, though, you were mentioning tonight's Jeez, a big, a, a big oh, party night, what, right? What, for Kenny? people coming home. What did I miss? Hold on a second, it's Chris. Heavy. Oh. This is too heavy for the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I have a good news story. Well, I was going to get to this, but you had mentioned, you know, this is a big night of going out right. uh, the night before Thanksgiving. And actually, Bill sent this to me, and he said, hey, be extra careful on the roads uh, on a night like tonight because a lot of men will be drinking and getting their wives to drive. <laughs> we might be yeah, looking at one uh, <laughs> upper right corner of the. Uh, no, I'm not going screen. anywhere. You give me it. those keys. You can't see a thing. I'll be. You know what I'll be thankful for? To not be out. Yeah. There you go. Same here. I'll be thankful for that. We'll be right back. Okay. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Hold on, I'm sending a tweet. <laughs> Ross, uh, Ra Ross, our uh, producer for News from the Krabby Coffee Shop, released a clip of uh, us talking today about thin ice, and uh, I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just so stupid. Well, oh, oh, how, speaking you know, of thin ice, do you know that that's how... Uh, who was nice, this, the, the, the hockey player? So he learned how to skate fast. Henry yeah. Boucher. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's no wonder I, I spent a lifetime uh, reporting traffic. It just it makes all the sense <laughs> in the world. Uh, DK Mags, I don't know why they trust me, but uh, they do, and uh, they're having a big sale. They want me to tell you about it. It's a big one, and it's running until next, oh, a week from today, December 1st. Uh, and it's on some very popular guns, uh, any AR-15 in stock, including the premium ones, the good ones, Jeep, JP Enterprises, Springfield Victors, the Glock 43S, Stryborg SP9A3. I have no idea what that is, uh, but the guys at DK Mag say they're really, really hot right now. Sig Sauer, a bunch of Smith & Wessons. And all of these firearms come with a brand-new free box of ammo uh, they've set a big uh, stack aside to go with these, but when the guns and the fire and the uh, ammo is gone, they're gone. No more. So you should have been there by now, but it's not too late. The sale runs through next Wednesday, uh, and it's actually at both locations. DKMags.com. Their uh, store is on Old Highway 8 in New Brighton, and of course Monticello Pond and Gun. Their website MontyPond.com. Uh, and they're just south of 94 up in Monticello. Two wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. Could you guys shuffle papers any louder, please? Our friend Julia wishes us good luck and happy Thanksgiving, and she notes that her daughter asked her a question. Metaphorically, how long will this take? I think that's a malapropism. I don't know what word the kid meant. Metaphorically, how long Meta will this take? Metaphorically. Uh, it doesn't work. That's got to be a malaprop. Here's John Height. I, you know what, fellas? Uh, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Got a lot of heavy news I'll get to, but uh, I decided I haven't done a song in a while. Maybe we should do a Thanksgiving song. Okay, what, what guitar is that? That's a lovely guitar. Uh, this is a White Falcon acoustic. Oh, boy. A, a lovely, as you can see here, Gretsch. Oh, yeah. 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 I got this about six, seven months ago. Oh. So. 
Uh, you guys get to help here. I know you guys like to help sing, right? Oh, I love so, it. I'm, I'm a, a very good I'm singer. I'm a your help. very good singer, John. I'm a very good singer. Uh, Chris, you're the only one. Are you not a very good singer? I'm or? an excellent singer. Excellent singer. Thank you. Okay. Uh, now, what's going to happen is there's two line stanzas, yeah. and then you guys are going to help me go, it's Thanksgiving again. All right. It's, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving again. again. Uh, it'll, here's, here's the chord. It's Thanksgiving again. again. Okay. All right. Got it. That's yep. going to happen a lot. Okay. You got to keep alert. All, All right, right, Murph. All Thanks, right. Prebs. Give us a nod. Here we go. When it's our turn. Here we go. You ready? Yep. How's the guitar sound, Chris? Okay. Very good. Yep. Okay. There's not many songs for Thanksgiving Day. I've written one just to say. Ready? Yep. It's, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving again. again. Oh, yeah. You guys got it right. I got it wrong. How about that? It's that time of year for turkey and taters, but my favorite wine is stuck on a freighter. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving again. again. Thank you, thank you. Okay. The lions are on, and yeah, that hurts a bit, but at least Detroit Don and his friend have a place to sit. It's Thanksgiving, it's Thanksgiving again. again. Rook's not even here to give us cooking tips. I guess this year it's french fries and chicken strips. It's, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving again. You guys are a little late. Do I have a little delay or a something? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. gonna happen. Yeah. The family is here and there'll be no moping. Hey, look, Uncle Fred's zipper is open. <laughs> it's, Thanksgiving it's Thanksgiving again. again. Yeah. Very good, Joe. Joe, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Time is Aunt Martha will just sit and she will stitch. All in all, she's just... Oh, wait, Joe doesn't like that in a song. Let me rewrite that really quick. Uh, mean wow. old uh, witch. No, 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 no. Here we go, here we go. I got Cadillacs. it. Aunt Martha will just sit and she will sew. We all can't wait for her to just go. <laughs> it's it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving again. Very nice, very nice. The boys at GL for a few days won't be here. Probably just sit at home and <laughs> drink a lot of beer. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving again. Big finish now. You ready? Yeah. So let us pass along our thanks to you. You make it possible for us to do what we do. It's, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving again. again. Way to stand up for America. That's right. That was awful. There you go. Good <laughs> lyrics. Awful singing. <laughs> you guys are great. Come on, you guys are. Uh, I think I, we I give you a big hand. We stunk it up, John. We stunk it up. Sorry about that. <laughs> I need new background vocalists. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. All right. In the news. <laughs> now back do to we, the serious. Do stuff. we have to? Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm the same place you are. Yeah. Uh, we do have a verdict, as we talked about earlier, in that uh, case, uh, Ahmad Arbery case, the uh, fellow who was shot. Uh, well, basically out looking at a house and jogging. Uh, Travis McMichael, who was the shooter, he was the son uh, in this case. If you followed it, guilty on all nine counts, including murder with malice. Greg McMichael, his father, who was with him there, guilty on all counts except malice felony murder, but uh, still found guilty of felony murder. And William Bryan, he's the fellow who was in the car who ended up taping the whole thing. Uh, he was guilty on six different charges, including felony 
murder. So they'll uh, probably, uh, depending on what happens with appeal, if there is an appeal, uh, end up with life uh, in prison accounts. But they also still face federal hate crime charges, which would seem a bit redundant at this point. But uh, anyway, all three guilty in the Arbery case. Uh, an eight-year-old boy became the sixth person to die as a result of a man driving his SUV into that parade in Milwaukee with a criminal complaint alleging the suspect in the case did steer side to side, it appeared, with the intent of hitting marchers and spectators. Wow. 30, 39-year-old Daryl Brooks Jr. charged with five counts of first-degree intentional homicide. He rocked back and forth in the seat as his court hearing and cried. His bail was set at $5 million, a preliminary hearing scheduled for January 14th. Now, we do expect additional charges related to the sixth death and the more than, they're now saying, 60 people who injured, more charges who were injured. That'll be coming later in the week. Former principal of a Lakeville Middle School who pleaded guilty in 2019 to charges of burglary, stalking, and identity theft died over the weekend in Crow Wing County Jail, according to authorities. 53-year-old Christopher Endicott died Saturday. He was being held on a Department of Corrections warrant. The sheriff's office at Endicott was found unresponsive. Efforts to save his life were unsuccessful. He was being investigated by the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. He was a principal of Century Middle School in 2018 when the Lakeville School District put him on administrative leave over allegations that he had remotely accessed Apple devices belonging to an Apple Valley teacher. It was later uncovered he had followed victims and broken into the residences and vehicles, digging for personal information like names, birthdays, social security numbers, and also passwords. A hmm. uh, number of patrols, as usual, we, we get this one pretty much every year the day before Thanksgiving. Minnesota Department of Public Safety stepping up the number of patrols. The DPS reports during its extra holiday patrols campaign from November 24th through December 31st. Law enforcement officials will be on the lookout for drivers who appear to be impaired as they're driving. Seven juveniles arrested Tuesday in connection to two separate incidents in the East Twin Cities Metro. According to Woodbury Police, the Washington County Sheriff's Office arrested five juveniles in a vehicle on Interstate 694, and several departments later teamed up to arrest two others on Highway 61 in St. Paul. Police said the arrests were made possible thanks to citizens reporting suspicious activity. The cases remain under investigation. No other details were immediately available. A delivery driver taken to a hospital after being shot late Tuesday night in Cottage Grove. Cottage Grove, De- yeah, Cottage Grove Department of Public Safety said officers were called to the Holiday Gas Station on Douglas Road at 1028 on a report that someone had been shot. Uh, there, officers learned the victim had been shot while delivering food and drove to the gas station for help. Jesus. Victim taken to a hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. According to police, investigators figured out the shooting happened in the driveway of a townhome along Ironwood Avenue and evidence was recovered. However, the suspect had fled before police got there. Authorities say more information on the suspect will be released at a later time. The case remains active and the investigation is Ongoing. So far, your news is making the inner city sound completely safe. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, federal medical teams this week are starting to help at Hennepin Healthcare's HCMC in Minneapolis and will soon get to Center Care St. Cloud Hospital. New facilities are creating space so hospitals can discharge patients to the next level of care, and Minnesota National Guard members are being trained to support long-term care providers. Uh, the governor said yesterday, we understand very clearly this is a triage situation. The biggest key is to stopping what we're seeing here is stopping the spread of COVID. 
Latest data Tuesday from the Minnesota Department of Health showed that as of the beginning of the week, hospitals across the state were caring for 1,429 patients with the virus. It's the most this year, rival only by last Thursday when hospitals treated 1,420. A team of about 20 doctors, nurses, and respiratory therapists from the Air Force is helping free up staff so that HCMC can better manage the flow of patients. According to Lieutenant Colonel Brandon Sheely, he said the duration of the sport has not yet been determined, but he said his team is committed to relieve the pressure on health care workers. Uh, one more COVID-19 note. This one a little bit weird. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has that toe injury, right? We know mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah. I just I assumed it was turf, turf toe, toe, right? Yeah. You would think. Well, it turns out, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, Aaron is suffering from COVID-19 toe. COVID huh? toe. Yeah, that's a what? real thing. COVID toe is a casual name that uh, something medically known as pernio or chilblains. Does that mean they got to chop it off, John, or what? No, it's a condition that causes symptoms like discoloration and lesions. Yeah. It can be extremely painful and turn your toes purple. Uh, the good news is people only get it when the body has a strong immune response to COVID. Hmm. Recent research, including an October study, has found that COVID toes typically occur in younger patients who experience mild symptoms. The problem is that when the body produces too much of a type of interferon, it can create other problems and produce COVID toes. The uh, doctor fighting this, Esther Freeman, said the way I would think about it is it's basically a side effect of how your own immune system is fighting the virus. It's almost too much of a good thing. Hmm. Is that because he's immunized? Is that why his body is fighting it off so good? Yeah. I'm seeing him the, with a free Sunday. No one's going to want to tackle him. No one's going to want to get near him. I don't want to get that COVID. I, I think wanna, <laughs> I ain't touching no COVID toe. Did, rookie, uh, rookie got this right. Only it was it wasn't his toe. It was a uh, something that kind of looks like his toe. I don't know. I have not heard that. I don't think he's. Uh, I think he's okay. Yeah. One of the uh, most critical factors that uh -huh, COVID toe worse is cold weather. Rogers, of course, happens to play in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where temps are expected to be below 20 this week. In most cases, the doc says lesions resolve on their own. She couldn't speak to lesions. Rogers. Oh, put a leech on there and suck that crap out of there. Don't use lesions. Oh. Would he have to go to Leper Island if he's My got yeah. lesions? Can we send him to a camp of some on the, on COVID camp? With a bad bumper. Ugh. Can we call Rookie at least? It's not right no, doing no, this no. show without Matthew. Well, he's not going to acknowledge that he has a COVID yeah. toe. Well, so <laughs> it uh, looks like a toe. The doc couldn't speak to Rogers because she's not his doc, but she said it should eventually clear up on its own. <laughs> I tell you. Jurors on Tuesday found the main organizers of that deadly far-right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017 liable under state law for injuries to counter protesters. They awarded more than $25 million in damages. The jury was deadlocked on two federal conspiracy charges. The verdict, though, is still seen as a clear rebuke of the defendants, a mix of white nationalists, neo-Nazis, and Confederate sympathizers. They were found under Virginia law to have engaged in a conspiracy that led to injuries during the rally. The march, called the Unite the Right March, began as a demonstration over the removal of a Robert E. Lee statue led to the death of counter-protester Heather Heyer. She was hit by a car driven by one of the defendants. Can I introduce something very positive to sure. help us realize please Thanksgiving? Do. Please, please, please. Yesterday, the Wall Street Journal editorialized that the left wants to cancel their annual Thanksgiving editorials. And the that, uh, Wall Street it, it, Journal said, why don't you just go pound sand because we're not doing that. 
those two editorials appear today as they have every Thanksgiving Eve for years and years and years. But the editorial yesterday said, no doubt it was only a matter of time. The progressives have come for our annual Thanksgiving editorials. They won't succeed, but we thought we'd share the tale with readers for an insight into the politis- politicization of everything, even Thanksgiving. Since 1961, we've run a pair of editorials written by our former editor, Vermont, Vermont Royster. The first is a historical account about the Pilgrims in 1620, as related by William Bradford, a governor of Plymouth Colony. The second is a contemporary contrast from the mid-20th century about the progress a prosperous America has made that we all can be thankful for. The editorials are popular with readers who tell us they appreciate the sentiments about hardship and gratitude during what should be a unifying national holiday. For decades, we've run them with nary a discouraging word. But we live in a new era when the left sees nearly everything through the reductive lens of identity politics. It sees much of American history as a racist project that should be erased. This is the motivation of a petition campaign to censor the Pilgrim editorial, which ran today. The effort comes via change.org, a website that calls itself the world's platform for change. You don't think they'd come up with $5 million to bail out this murdering no. evil bastard in Milwaukee? The effort comes via change.org, a website that calls itself the world's platform for change. It mobilizes campaigns to promote progressive causes. The petition driver is Randy Krutkowski. His petition has gathered some 50,000 signatures, and here's its argument. Tell the Wall Street Journal that it's 2021. It's time to stop publishing 17th century racism. The editorial includes lines such as, What could they see but a hideous and desolate wilderness full of wild beasts and wild men? The pilgrim writes that they were separate from all civil parts of the world. The Wampanoag indigenous people saved the colonists from starvation and death, a story that our nation now celebrates as Thanksgiving. But even more than disturbing lack of gratitude is the notion that there there were no civilized people in the Americas. This worldview generated centuries of genocidal practices that eliminated 90% of the indigenous population, my ancestors. And indigenous people are still experiencing lethal prejudice. Just this year, we learned about more than 1,300 unmarked graves at residential schools in Canada. We know that thousands of indigenous children died of abuse, neglect, and disease through the residential school system. We think that's a willful misreading of the editorial, which recounts the bravery and trials of the pilgrims as they sought a better life in a new land. The petition makes a historical point, which is fair enough, but then wraps it up in the grievances of contemporary politics to claim the editorial is racist. Somehow the pilgrims and their chronicler share responsibility for genocide. The point of the statement and petition isn't to promote debate, but to shut it down. We don't mind giving critics a chance to make their case, but we won't bend to political demands for censorship. We will run the editorials as usual this week. And here they are today. The first is called The Desolate Wilderness, and the second is called And the Fair Land. There they are right there. Hmm. Joe, the left gives not one single damn about Native Americans. They're only using them to further their agenda. Which is to wreck this country. If they cared about the Native Americans, they'd be out there helping and doing what they can and donating money and time and food and everything else, uh, and they'd be on the reservations. But they don't, don't, please don't be fooled by this 
noise that the left is making about the poor uh, Native Americans. They don't care one damn thing. No, bit. quit telling me why you're offended on behalf of somebody else. Hey, thank you, Chris. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was so well put. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And, what the, do you and think? The, the left yesterday, did you see the Jefferson thing? Got rid of the statue. In yeah, New we had York. that it's, on the show about what, a month what, ago. What, what, idiots. What, yeah. what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? Right. Faced with the rising cost of goods and freight, the Dollar Tree store said it's raising its prices to a buck and a quarter. No, it's a dollar twenty-five dollars. This is outrage. Well, actually, I uh, in my house today. So, what are they going to call a store now? And uh, my wife yelled, "A buck and a bit." A that buck was and pretty a bit. good. That's pretty Not good. Bad. A buck and a bit store. Dollar Tree said the reason was short-term or transitory market conditions, and said the price increases are permanent. The higher prices will also allow the company to cope with higher merchandise costs. Uh, Dollar Tree is one of the last true dollar stores after most of the competition had moved away from the dollar price point. You ever been in one of those stores? No, hell no. All the time. I uh, love them. My favorite recollection of the the dollar store was when we were doing a live live broadcast at a Sprint location for the Super Bowl (laughs) week. Oh, I remember that. And Rookie brought in a couple of selected items from the fish department in the dollar store. And he opened up the yellow mustard sardines, and they made him throw it away outside in the parking outside, lot because it yeah. smelled so bad. But didn't Roycey take home he something was gonna, and eat it? No, he was going to try one yeah. for a bit on the show. I'm not said, trying that. This smells awful. I'm not yeah. doing that. I, uh, I was out of the dollar, golf, he says. I was in the Dollar Tree yesterday. Huh. So there you go. I've never been in one or the General. Really? I like the Dollar General. I buy my socks there. Yeah. The roommates in and out of the Dollar General every day. Oh, it's great! Yeah, yeah. I'm learning uh, more this, than I. Uh, <laughs> Joe, you want to go shopping with no, me? No. How I much are those socks? It's, it's it's like household items, like paper towels and paper plates, and you know, oh, you that, don't that, you don't buy those there. They're too they, they're cheaply made. You got you got to buy the real well. Stuff. It's the paper plates where ten of them stick together. Yeah, they, they, you know those are the. You have another ones. news items. <laughs> I got lots of news items, Joe. Uh, this one happens. God forbid we just relax and have a conversation. Do you have one that speaks of hope and thankfulness and gratitude? Um, well, it, you know, it's it's your show. You brought us down, and I'm now take you're you back up after the break. I'm taking you back up. Calling on us. I to, just it just took you back up with the Wall Street Journal Here's, editorial. Yeah. I want to read that. Is there any way I can find that online? Sure, no, I'm but sure you have it's a online, membership. Yeah, yeah. you, you I'm a not member. Paying, I'm not going to pay. No, I can. I you have can a, po- give a pool or a pond. That'd be good for you. Yeah. yeah, from the from the Irish Post website. Now, this story does involve death, but it's it's an, an uplifting story. Okay? Wonderful. A dearly departed Irishman had the last laugh at his funeral with a gag that had mourners in tears of laughter. In an inspired gag from beyond the grave, he organized it so that a recorded message was played after his coffin was lowered into the ground. Oh, brilliant. To all intents and purposes, it appeared as if the man was shouting for help from within his casket. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Can't so beat the awesome. Irish. It's, oh. It starts with this, and then his voice says, hello? I got out Let twice out. to take a leak. <laughs> take a leak. Yeah, maybe I should Someone cook an accent. Someone my whiskey. <laughs> let, let me out, he says. And then he says, well, a bleep am I? 
Let me out. It's bleeping dark in here. Is oh. that the priest I hear? Oh, my. Mourners in attendance can be seen uh, falling in bouts of laughter before the cameraman pans to the casket where the sound is still coming from. Uh, it was a gag that won plenty of praise online. One Reddit user saying, what a beautiful idea to keep people happy. Another concurring saying, laughter does help a lot when dealing with grief. Do we know how old this fellow was? We don't. Uh, reporting no. is it what he used don't. to be? Probably I your, hope he was your old. age, Joe. No, I Probably was hoping he's in right his nineties. Right around yeah. your age, seventy well, something. Yeah. Yikes! A uh, story that uh, happened last week. I just saw it though. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, three people are dead, hundreds injured after inclement weather roused hordes of venomous scorpions out of hiding places oh, and into right. streets and homes in Egypt. Yeah. Wow. Climate change. How creepy would this be? Vicious rain, dust storms, and snow in the southern city of Aswan last week drove out scorpions as well as snakes, according to Al-Haram, the government-run Egyptian newspaper. Uh, three people died from scorpion stings. 450 people were injured from scorpion stings. Those who have been injured were treated with anti-venom in hospitals. Uh, at the time, residents were being asked to stay inside their homes because of all the scorpions on the streets. Ashraf wow. Atia. The governor also limited traffic for a time, closing local highways to prevent accidents due to limited mobility in the rain. Uh, scorpion stings, if you're wondering, yes, they can be lethal. Egyptian fat-tailed scorpion, a species found throughout northern Africa, in particular has been described as one of the most deadly in the world. There's a weird fact in this story. I think it'll pop right out to you guys. A Pennsylvania woman who was traveling with her pet parrot was the victim of a road rage shooting along the Pennsylvania Turnpike this past Sunday afternoon. The woman, Morgan King, says she'll be okay and said she was actually just trying to apologize to the other driver when she was shot. That's a shame. That's a shame. King said she was on her way back home. (laughs) King said she went to switch lanes and didn't see the vehicle. Hmm. King said when she went to pass the man, he leaned forward, uh, she leaned forward to say sorry, and he fired a gun at her, hitting her in the abdomen. That's a bit of an overreaction. I think so. She got to a hospital. Uh, is there a weird part to that story? Uh, the parrot? Nothing hit you? Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, for somebody was, it, was to he in a cage? Up. Was he sitting on the chair? No, he's just sitting uh, maybe on her shoulder like a pirate. I, hmm. I don't know. Huh. Uh, she, she said the parrot was fine. She says right now the parrot is being watched by friends while she recovers. The huh. fella, they did find him down the road, the highway patrol there, and uh, arrested him. And That's so. He is, he is now in jail. He's got a pet parrot, Joe. That's so. Uh, Pretty interesting story. Say, uh, <laughs> I want to remind you that uh, you're headed back to work. I hope you're considering where uh, so you and your employees can work where it's easier and more comfortable to work. Consider Centerpoint Office Park of Mendota Heights. It's a commercial office park, eight buildings on a rolling park-like campus, easy to the airport, easy access to highways 55, 62, 494, it's a park-like setting, uh, trees, walking trails, bike trails, great lunch spots, free parking right out in front for safe, easy access to your building. They're all single story, no elevator waits. Get your own restrooms, of course. Each office space is customizable, so you get exactly what you want. And each of the units has iWave era purification systems. Uh, it's truly a lovely setting. I've been there, and uh, boy, you really avoid a lot of the hassles of the typical downtown situation. Which, with, as I mentioned, easy access to everything you need, uh, the airport and the major highways. It's center point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park, and you can learn more 
at escapetomendota.com. And I'm going to lift you all up for Thanksgiving when at last we return. GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Chillboys and Chillboys.com. Guess what now is available if you go online to Chillboys.com? Yes, performance long underwear. And I got to tell you, they're pretty dang sweet. I got a pair just a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. So, obviously, winter is coming here. We all know that. But now, in, in addition to the most comfortable underwear that you can ever possibly own, the most comfortable long underwear that you can also own is now available at chillboys.com. Yes, of course, they still have the performance boxers, the bamboo boxers, the boxer briefs. Everything that you want is all still available at chillboys.com, but now including long underwear, performance t-shirts too, by the way. And don't forget forget all of your orders that are over $40 those ship fast and free throughout the entire United States of America when you're thinking about giving gifts this upcoming holiday season think about chillboys and chillboys.com and when you place your order at chillboys.com please don't forget to let them know that you heard about them on the garage logic podcast this is Patrick Gracie for the Canopy Group. Your kids are back in school, and when they get home, they do their homework, or they're supposed to do their homework. Why don't you do your homework? You have been with that same home and auto insurance company that has only one agent who represents only one insurance company for years. You deserve options. Let's face it, your insurance needs change as the years go by. Insurance companies' rates certainly change as the years go by. That is why the Canopy Group provides you with 16 options, not one, 16. Don't tell your kids, but you can outsource your homework to the Canopy Group. They will teach you how they find the best insurance coverage for the best price, not only today, but each and every year. Contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com and let them do the homework for you. Thanksgiving scramble. Maple Grove Lock and Safe is having a big sale through next Monday, November 29th. American Security Safe, Liberty Safe, 15% off everything in the store safe related. Uh, Maple Grove Lock and Safe at 6901 East Fish Lake Road and on the web at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Now, I don't know if that includes locks, too. Because I know if you need a lock of any sort, from a cheap one to a super expensive, sturdy, great one, a uh, uh, beautiful one, Rich has it. He's the man. Uh, he also does uh, car lock services. But this 15% off deal, I mean, think about the cost of a safe and then take 15% off. That's a nice chunk of change. Uh, so you've got to get to Rich uh, before Monday the 29th. Look it up on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. AMSAC and Liberty Safes and every safe in stock on sale through November 29th, 
15% off. Kenny, I just saw your tweet from nine minutes ago. That is fantastic. What, which one? He, Kenny was honoring his very first tweet from back in 2009, and he says, <laughs> this was my very first tweet I sent in June 2009. It was also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Australia's barrier reef is erupting in color because, praise the Lord, the earth heals itself. Australia's Great Barrier Reef is spawning an exception, uh, an explosion of color as the World Heritage listed natural wonder recovers from the life-threatening coral bleaching episodes. Scientists on Tuesday night recorded the corals fertilizing billions of offspring by casting sperm and eggs into the Pacific Ocean off the Queensland's uh, coastal city of Cairns. The spawning events last for two or three days. The network of 2,500 reefs covering 134,000 square miles suffered significantly from coral bleaching caused by unusually warm ocean temperatures in 2016, 17, and 2020. The bleaching damaged two-thirds of the coral. But Gareth Phillips, a marine scientist with Reef Tech, a tourism and educational business, is studying the spawning as part of a project to monitor the reef's health. It's gratifying to see the reef give the reef give birth, Phillips said. It's a strong demonstration that its ecological functions are intact and working after being hit in a recovery phase for more than 18 months. The reef has gone through its own troubles like we all have, but it still responds, and that gives us hope. I think we must all focus on the victories as we emerge from the pandemic. The coral reef has healed itself. Oh. I didn't think the earth could do that. No, apparently not. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, where the traveling linemen's note, Wi-Fi troubles yesterday. Thanks for covering for me. <laughs> in 1859, architect Cass Gilbert was born on this day in Ohio. Gilbert's family would move to St. Paul in 1868, and he would later begin his career there. Among his most recognizable buildings, of course, are the Minnesota State Capitol, the U.S. Supreme Court Building, and Manhattan's Woolworth Building. Also, there are some Cass Gilbert homes in St. Paul. On this date, Today. November 24th, in 1864, Governor Stephen Miller declared Thanksgiving holiday in accordance with President Abraham Lincoln's recommendation that the last Thursday in November be used for this purpose. Minnesota had celebrated Thanksgiving Day before, but usually in December. What year was that? 1864. And who was the governor? Stephen Miller, whom I've never heard of. That I don't... Uh, John, are you on yeah. it? Yeah. I'm okay. trying. What's wrong? What's uh, we could uh, none of that sounds right. Well, well, I don't doubt that these uh, facts come all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa. Steve, and, and he indeed was. Uh, he is a Civil War veteran, the first Civil War veteran to serve as Minnesota governor. He was the fourth governor of Minnesota uh, during that time frame. So, Wait a minute. Uh, mm -hmm. 1864. That's right. We've yeah. only yeah. been in business since what? 1859. 1858. We had four governors in the span of that? Uh, well, he started in 1864. Right. Went to 1866. So that it was a short term, apparently. And I think they were two-year term. I have that governor's bio. Uh, apparently, some people used to call him the Space Cowboy. And some <laughs> called, called him the Gangster, gangster of Love. love. 
Other people called, called him Maurice. Maurice. You're thinking Wait, of Steve Miller. Because oh. I speak of the, the pompatists of love. I'm a joker. <laughs> I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight joker. <laughs> Get my loving on the run. Happy Thanksgiving, GLers. That's right. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Or two. We all have much to be thankful for. Yes, we do. Greatest country in the world, right, Joe? Well, we're hanging on by a thread. <laughs> <laughs> wow. At, uh... GLers, do us a favor and hit that old subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube page where you'll be entertained for hours with our various uh, videos on the Garage Logic YouTube page. And don't forget to shuffle those papers as you download the PodMN app. Yes, Johnny. We had territorial governors since 1849. There's your answer. Okay, okay. thank you. Thank you, You're John. Welcome. That would have eaten you alive had you not gotten well, it Well, you know show. what, though? Uh, now, I lied. Stephen Miller was the fourth governor. <laughs> Henry Sibley, 1858. Alexander Ramsey, 1860. Henry Swift, 1863. Stephen Miller, 1864. <gasps> there. Got that and out Kenny's of gone. Kenny didn't even hear it. Happy Thanksgiving, <laughs> GLers. Good job.